0: And welcome to Talk Spooky to Me, the Ghost Story Guys Mail Show. I'm Brennan Storr. I'm Paul Bestall. And this is our opportunity to hear from you, our audience. Paul, my friend, how you doing there? It, it is strangely bright for 9pm.
1: It is glorious, glorious as the uh, UK basks in a heatwave and I have to put up with people whinging about it as I turn <laughs> a, a darker shade of brown.
0: I was going to say, your Mediterranean blood is is perfectly suited for this, but everyone else in England, they are not accustomed to to direct sunlight.
1: It it would seem not. No, I I seem to live in a a land of vampires. um, And uh, I always find it amusing the amount of men who clearly own one pair of shorts and a vest. All right, let's
0: not judge people who own exactly one (laughs) pair of shorts. Actually, I just took all my shorts to the charity shop. All I have now are gym shorts. Bren does not do shorts. happening. Yeah.
1: Mind you, Julie did say to me yesterday, she wanted to know why I was dressed like a sailor in a striped top. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't, can't help my sartorial elegance. I'm sorry about that.
0: That's it. Some Benetic. people have the magic. Some people don't. Paul has the magic. <laughs> uh, for my part, I, I was actually just reminded of a terrible moment in my life. I'm going to share that with everyone here. So I was at my new gym is, is in the mall here. And so I was going to the gym this morning and the, uh, arcade Quasars where I, I used to hang out uh, before Montreal, they've got a pop-up thing happening in the mall. So they've got a bunch of old arcade machines there. They've got, you know, the Ninja Turtles, uh, in there, they've got Captain America, (laughs) um, bunch of old, cool old stuff. Yeah. And one of the machines is Dr. Mario. (laughs) And now I, I don't know if you remember Dr. Mario was basically like Tetris, but Not commie. Basically, (laughs) Mario standing motionless to the left of the screen, tossing pills into a bottle. Which again, horrifying kids are fucking playing this. When you really think about it, I can't imagine why we have a problem with (laughs) overprescription. But the pills would be multicolored, and you had to line up the colors Mm. to then, you know, then they would form a line and they'd disappear. And so yeah, it was like Tetris, but with pills. Which again, I'm as I hear it, I'm like, oof, yikes. But when I was a, a wee lad, the, <laughs> the one interesting thing that happened in Rebelstoke was we had a video game tournament at the local movie theater, and I, was, I made it to the final round of this contest. Yeah. And my opponent was, was a young girl, and I remember the, the final game, they didn't tell us what it was going to be, and it was it's a brand new game, and it was Dr. Mario. And she fucking crushed me at Dr. <laughs> Mario. And so today, looking at that that machine, it all just came flooding. I'd forgotten all about this. It just came flooding back. And so, I don't know who you are, lady, but if you're out there and you remember beating a chubby young man at Dr. Mario sometime in the late 1980s, I challenge you again. I will destroy you. (laughs) Our courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. We're ready
1: to believe you.
0: So... Why don't you get us us started here, my friend?
1: Okie dokie. So our first one is from Michael, who says, Hi, just started listening to you guys. I have been binging your podcast for when I'm at work driving. I have a place for you to check out. They say it's haunted, so I will let you decide for yourself. And obviously this is the notorious Edgefield site, which is owned by the infamous McMenamin Brothers, I believe.
0: Uh, yeah, it is owned by McMinimins. You're familiar with the Edgefield?
1: I am familiar with the Edgefield, yes.
0: <laughs> no, shit. Well, I, I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised.
1: <laughs> Ghostly kids and offensive ghosts. That's what you get at Edgefield. Okay.
0: That's very cool, Michael. I, I didn't know that. I'm familiar with McMinimins because I've, I've, I used to have some friends in Portland, so I'd go down there every now and again to hang out and they, we loved going to the Kennedy School. Which, mm. is, which is just a completely, it's, it's an old elementary school renovated into a series of bars. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure that place is haunted. I don't know if there, are, if there are stories about it, but even back then when I wasn't as aware of this stuff, Kennedy just felt something.
1: Mm. Mm. Well, they've, they've, um, they've built a reputation as renovating a lot of dilapidated sites in, in and around Portland, as far as I'm aware. They're a big sort of real ale connoisseurs and they've built breweries and, and done a lot of places up so uh, I've been aware of the Edgefield for, for quite a while because it was on a documentary I saw a few years ago talking about the 10 most haunted hotels in USA oh no shit
0: there's another haunted hotel in Portland uh, the Heathman yeah if I, I think that's the name and that's apparently famously haunted it, apparently it extends basically in a line up one particular part of the hotel so there's like one I can't remember what the, num- what the room number is but all the way down, I guess, is particularly vibey. But I guess there's one floor that's more haunted than the others. And I recall again, I was there in 2012, and just I was starting to write strange, and mm. I felt it. I was I was just kind of becoming on getting online to this stuff, and I could really feel it. And it was funny because I thought when I went up to the floor to check it out, I thought it was a different room. So I started walking towards the room I thought it was, and I'm like, eh, I don't really feel anything. But then I started moving towards. The room that I later found out it actually was and I thought well this feels like shit so man these guys are wrong Uh, (laughs) no I was wrong I had the wrong room (laughs) but yeah no there's a lot of great again I haven't been to Portland since uh, I think the last time I went to Portland was 2014 for the Lovecraft Festival when I got really sick Mm. but um, there's a great beer scene down there
1: Mm. Yes, Oregon's obviously on my bucket list for for beer and Bigfoot
0: absolutely the two (laughs) B's the third one is Brennan. (laughs) Very different from the three B's in Bad Santa. (laughs) Don't look that up, folks. No, don't. Next up is Donna. Donna says, I'm in the midst of composing a longer email about paranormal stuff, but just listened to the latest talk spooky and had to chime in. Paul is absolutely right about George Lucas having too much power after Star Wars, and these three little words can prove it. Howard the duck <laughs> i gotta say donna i never saw it but oh. everything i've heard suggests you are correct yeah paul paul is wincing
1: yeah i've seen it twice once when i was a kid and i thought it was dreadful and once recently just to make sure that i was right and it was worse the second time around i mean i never liked Howard the duck as a character anyway i know he pops up occasionally as an easter egg in guardians of the galaxy and stuff but um I've always found it a very silly character, um, like Spider Ham. Just one of those that you just think, no, leave it alone. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's a it's a film with a sex scene it with the Duke and a woman. You know,
0: because Leah Thompson's in that. It, he doesn't yep. have sex with Leah Thompson. Oh, that poor woman. She's yeah. she is again like um like what's Karen Allen? Just another yes. extraordinarily talented uh screen like actor with an incredible screen presence who mm. just ended up. Playing second banana to a lot of weird shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Our next message is from Lee, and Lee says, "I see your clown juice, and I raise you, Funky Fluid, guys. Funky Fluid, Poland's finest. I didn't try it. Much love to you, lads. Well, Lee, I'm disappointed.
0: <laughs> and Lee has included a photo of Funky <laughs> Fluid, which is it is a, a beer. I'm I'm gonna Google it right now." Uh, oh boy, am I going to regret Googling funky flu at all?
1: Yeah, that's, that's not something you should search for at work.
0: Well, uh, thankfully I'm at home, so I, I can only fire yes. myself. And my FBI guy <laughs> already knows what a degenerate I am. So <laughs> It's funny, actually, I w- I was, when I was at the gym, I was, talking to a fr- I was sending text messages to a friend of mine who just applied for a job, and they really want to get this job. And the f- they were told that uh, we only have one other applicant. So they said, the person, the interviewer said, we're going to talk to this guy and then we'll, we'll get back to you. So I said to my friend, I, I, I'm joking. Of course I'm joking. Well, we just got to kill that guy. Because I was working out, I was moving around, I was voice texting. So I was just, you know, like dictating basically. And so I'm dictating, that's fine, comma, we'll break into the office. His address will be on his resume, comma, then we just break into his house and kill him. And I realized I'm saying this out loud and people are looking.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm very disappointed with Lee. I, you know, you've got to go, if you see something weird in a, in a beverage shop, you've got to take it home and try it. And if you don't like it, you can give it to somebody for Christmas.
0: I, I know when I go to LA, I, I like going to BevMo because they have a bunch <laughs> of weird ass sodas in there. And I'll just, anything short, like the only one I haven't tried because I can't do peanuts is there was a peanut butter jelly soda. But all the mm. other weird shit in there, I'll just go in and get a, you know, $50 armful there's a reason I'm always broke and, and just uh, go drink all this crazy ass soda the, the clear winner so far has been I'm all out of bubblegum which <laughs> is, uh, is uh, inspired of course by, by Roddy Piper he sort of uh, actually they worked at the company whoever made I think it's Rocket Fizz they mm-hmm. worked with Roddy before he died to yeah. nail down like his chosen bubblegum flavor and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's I love it it's very sweet but it's very good
1: yeah. I shall keep my eye out for funky fluid because we've got a few Polish delicatessens here. We've got a large Polish population in Sheffield.
0: Post it if you find it and report yes. back.
1: If not, I shall ask the regulars at the Polish bar, the Jabberwocky, if they've ever heard of it.
0: You have a video game museum and a fucking Polish bar. Like, <laughs> do you live on Tatooine? This is insane.
1: <laughs> hey, it's all happening here.
0: Apparently so. <laughs> Lucky bastard. <laughs> all right so this one's from Fraser. Fraser says firstly i love your podcast thank you you guys have kept me entertained through many a night shift even though working in retail there was a few times i was listening to the stories and got spooked by a few mannequins or clothes hanging on a rack you guys are legends so thank you for everything you do ah, thank you frazier none of my stories are that unnerving slash scary per se whenever things happened we didn't usually feel scared." It was always a feeling like it was a relative coming to visit. We always said our house wasn't haunted, but was visited instead. The first story is about my older sister. She's had the most experiences. When our great Nana died, I didn't meet her, sadly, my sister was three years old. They were very close. She died through the night, and my mom had to tell my sister when she woke up in the morning. When she did so, my sister said, I already know, Mum." When my mom asked how, my sister said, She came to see me last night to say goodbye. And that she loved me, then she flew away into the sky. Another one was about me. When I was four or five years old, I was playing with my toy garage. My dad was playing with me. He recalls me looking up to him randomly, but like just above his head. I looked annoyed. He asked me what was wrong, and I said, Get off him, that's my daddy. What a little brat. (laughs) And he asked me who I was talking to, and I said, The woman in a white dress sat on top of your head. He remembers it too clearly, and he feels like it may have been his guardian angel or something. Who knows? <laughs> Another one involving me was when I was even younger, like 18 months old. It was Christmas Day and I was in my high chair demolishing my Yorkshire puddings. My mom had a photo of my great-granddad, the husband of the woman who said bye to my sister when she died, on top of the mantel. She said, Merry Christmas, Granddad. And I said, Clear as day. Merry Christmas, Pumpkin. This was my great-granddad's nickname for my mom. Again, I hadn't met him either. He died a year before my great-nana did. My mum was horrified. She said I was slow to start talking. I walked from six months, but talking was a bit hard for me. Mom said I used to speak gibberish. I had started talking a little bit by that age, but not loads, which made it even more amazing that I came up with that. Yeah, that's, that's really crazy, Frazier. My last story is about my sister again. One time she was upset because Mom grounded her. She was always grounded, and I was an angel. <laughs> <laughs> My sister listens to the show. Sarah, does that sound familiar?
1: (laughs) Yeah, my brother will be chuckling as well.
0: (laughs) She was crying and heard someone walking up the stairs. Her bedroom was a converted loft slash attic room which had built-in stairs and a see-through wooden banister between her room and the stairs. She said she told him to go away, thinking it was my mom or dad, her stepdad. As she continued to hear the footsteps, she looked and saw the tops of someone's shoulders and the top of their head walking up the stairs. She only had her lamp on, so she couldn't see too clearly. Then she waited for whoever it was to come up to the top of the stairs, but no one did. She went over to turn the main light on, and no one was there. Again, like I said, we have never felt scared or threatened in any way by these events. 99% of ghost stories are the same. I, for one, love and appreciate the paranormal. They're always there, it's just whether we're ready to see. Sadly, I haven't seen or had any experiences in a long time, other than the lucid dream of my dead granddad who I was very close to. Continue the great content, and I hope you enjoyed my stories. Fraser, we really, really did. Thank you so much for sharing those.
1: This message is from Roz, and Roz says, Guys, love the stories. Cryptids and the sort is something that's both interesting and frightening. You guys are helping me out a lot right now. Your stories and banter are helping to distract me from some very dark thoughts. You see, my pet cat of two years passed just yesterday. He was my world, and now everything seems dimmer. But PSA really resonated with me, and I thank you for that and all the hard work. Love from SoCal.
0: Ah, Ross, uh, we're so sorry to hear about your cat. That's yeah. incredibly hard.
1: It is. You've just got to take some time as anything. Losing a pet is a terrible thing, and we've, we've mentioned it on the show before. So uh, take your time, and I hope we keep uh, putting a smile on your face as you move forward, and there will be a, a brighter dawn eventually, my love. Absolutely. Hang in there.
0: Next up from Thomas, I thought I would reach out and say thanks, as weirdly you two seem like close personal pals now. I started listening from episode 1 about 18 months ago via a recommendation from Kev of we need to talk about ghosts, and have just this minute caught up. Time to explore Patreon. I became more deeply interested in the world of the paranormal and folklore having moved to the Calder Valley, which is steeped in it, and discovering I had the time to investigate it during the 2020 lockdowns. I have no stories as such, but have seen two ghosts in my life. One, as a solo cyclist in New Zealand in 2004, I was deep in the forested mountains of the South Island alone at a bike packer's hostel, which is an unstaffed hostel with an honesty box for payment. Wow. New Zealand is different. <laughs> when the classic translucent grey lady appeared at the end of my bed in the middle of the night and terrified me. I packed my kit and left the moment sunlight flickered through the window. But interestingly, I have never found any reference to that bike packer hostel online ever since. I never thought that odd until listening to some of your episodes. Mm. The other ghost is more interesting to me. As a 13-year-old lad, I saw a man walking up the road in the small hours. After watching him for 20 seconds or so, in a split second, he disappeared. Until that point, there was absolutely nothing to indicate he wasn't alive and present. I only watched him as I thought it was a weird time of night to be walking down the lane. It is that experience that has made me think, maybe we see more ghosts more regularly than we will ever know, but just do not realize. Aside from a will-o'-the-wisp trying to lead me off a cliff face whilst climbing Ben Nakalik on the Isle, I pronounce that first first try, no help from Paul at all.
1: (laughs) Your Gaelic's outstanding.
0: Thank you. In Gaelic. (laughs) On the Isle of Skye in thick fog, those are my only known experiences, but I do wonder how many others I've seen but not known. Anyway, your podcast has meant a huge amount to me over the last 18 months. Thank you both for doing it. Many thanks, Tom.
1: Hey, Tom, yes. thank you. Thomas living in the Calder Valley. He's, uh full of uh, the fae, stories of the fae, and uh, Black Dog lore. the Jai Trash, lives in the Calder Valley area. That's where all that comes from. There's ghosts galore, so I'm sure he'll have uh, plenty to go for. Apparently, there's a very famous pub in Brighouse, I think, which is in the Calder Valley, called the Black Swan, which is an extremely haunted pub to this day, by all accounts. Oh, very cool. Next up is from Finch. Hello, boys. I just had to pause the Black Dog episode to write in because I had to correct the intimidable Paul Bestall and share a couple of fun stories. Okay, so Bungie had me howling like the black shook itself because it's pronounced Bungie with a hard G. I went to house school there. And truly very little has changed since the hellhound swiped at the church doors. My fondest memories of Bungie are the road sign to the swimming pool. With fair frequency, the sign for Bungie swimming pool would have to be replaced following vandalisation. Letters would be scratched off, painted over and painted on to read Bungay swimming poo. <laughs> <laughs> it still makes me laugh because I am a child. You also brought up Blytheburg, more of my neck of the woods. I've got a couple more fun stories, but I have to crack on and get some housework done before the baby wakes up. You guys are rad. You've kept me company through an incredible year of change, moving to the UK, to Norway, having a baby, you know, the chill stuff. I'll try to write in with my other stories in the future. Take care of yourself. With love, Finch.
0: Oh, Finch, that's, again, I guess I'm a child too, because I laughed (laughs) when I copied that into the script. And I, yeah, I laughed and edited out some laughing when Paul was reading it. <laughs> when I was growing up, the post office, there was a sign that said like public entrance and someone would always scratch out the L, the pubic entrance.
1: It's a classic.
0: Yep. Real highbrow humor in Revelstoke.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> From Cresta Lee, Cresta Lee says, loved the collab episode. Please encourage each other to do more with various other shows. Following more podcasts now. Hey, Gresta Lee, I'm happy you enjoyed it. That's very cool. That's, uh, again, it was, it was fun for us. We were invited uh, by Chris from They're Not
1: Shadows. And uh, yeah,
0: it was, it was really cool.
1: Emma writes, I love the podcast and the chemistry between you guys is wonderful to listen to. I work long hours by myself and it's awesome to have you two keeping me company. I will be at Parameet in September and I'm looking forward to what Paul has got planned. This is a big deal for me as I'm going by myself. Let's just say social situations aren't my thing normally, but I'm trying to do more things that I enjoy. I was wondering if any other listeners were going, and if so, would you please give out my Instagram so if anybody wants to meet up, they could message me, especially if they're going by themselves. Maybe we could be a group of loners together. (laughs) Bless. I would like to finish by saying how grateful I am for all the mental health talk. It's very reassuring that I'm not the only one out there that suffers. And the text number that you give out has been very helpful for me when going through a very dark time a few months ago.
0: So Emma, that's really cool. Again, we just, it, it means a lot to us that, uh, that, yeah, that, that, has that, been helpful for you and that we're helping you get through some, some dark times or that we helped you get through some dark times and good for you for forcing yourself out of your comfort zone. That's really fucking cool. Uh, as for Parameet, yeah, I mean, we'll see you there. We're going to have a table. Paul's going to be giving a presentation. I will probably be, uh, at least a little drunk. So
1: I will on Saturday night.
0: Yes. Yeah. Once, once his presentation is over, you'll, you'll see me in the crowd of the big foam finger going, whoa, Paul, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, uh, Amazon Instagram as E M R O A N seven eight. We hope to see you guys there. That is the what? Second and third of September. Did yep. we figure this out?
1: Certainly is. Certainly. is. Yeah.
0: So if you're, if you're in the area, that's Paramede and rugby, come by, say hi, uh, again, uh, we'll, we're still figuring all this shit out. Um, but we'll probably have some pins to give away, uh, some ghostry guys, pins, maybe other shit. Uh, we, I've no, I've not, we've never done a convention. I've never had the opportunity to do that. So it's all very new, but we're excited to be able to meet some of you guys in person. I'm very stoked to watch Paul give his presentation and cheer him on. Like it's a football match. <laughs> Throwing my underwear at him on stage, you know. (laughs) We'll see you there, Emma.
1: Yes, looking forward to meeting you, Emma.
0: All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. From Athanasia, My dad and I used to watch the Indiana Jones trilogy over and over when I was a toddler. I've watched Raiders so many times that my Netflix recommendations aren't new films anymore. It's just relive your favorite moments with it recommending Raiders over and over. And when I watch it, I tend to talk, I tend to talk along with the dialogue. It's my number one comfort film. That's cool. I thought yeah, to that's, that's really cool. I, I love Raiders. It's Last Crusade my favorite, but yeah, Raiders is a, is a masterpiece.
1: Yeah, certainly is. Phenomenal. Oh, it always, always makes me smile that because I had a friend whose dad was a projectionist at the local cinema as a kid growing up and he gave me the cinema I mean if I would you know if you hindsight is a wonderful thing you wonder how much it would have been worth if I'd kept it so I had the enormous great big cinema poster for Raiders of the Lost Art oh too cool and it basically filled the wall
0: (laughs) oh man (laughs) yeah that probably Uh, would have fetched you a few bucks (sighs) oh well (laughs) Do you, What's what's your comfort movie? What's your, uh, I'll put it on and just doesn't matter how many times you've seen it.
1: Uh, the Thing.
0: <laughs> okay, sure. And Jaws. Oh, interesting. I think the thing about a comfort film, because Raiders, you could say, well, you know, it's a guy murdering Nazis. Okay, no, that's that's pretty great. Yeah. But it, yeah, I think it's whatever makes you feel good and stable and shit. So no, I mean, Jaws and, and the, I mean, the Things. Okay, that's a little weird, but I get it. <laughs>
1: I would really like not to spend the rest of this winter time to the fucking couch. I love it. Yeah, I always get concerned when I see those posts on Instagram or, uh, or generally on social media where they go, name a film you, you've seen more than five times, and I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> i i can easily say there are probably over 50 films i've seen over a hundred times
0: sure i mean I, i've seen john wick four or five times and it just came out those are rookie numbers you gotta yeah. you gotta push those numbers up
1: absolutely absolutely i've probably seen mr vampire over 100 times <laughs> and i didn't watch it for 15 years because i didn't have a working dvd for it
0: have you had a chance to get into the uh, the
1: sequels yet I've only watched the second one, and I was a bit tipsy, and I didn't enjoy it because it had a child in it.
0: Oh, just being annoying, or you don't like the child in danger trope?
1: No, it was a vampire child as well as vampires. Weird. Yes, that's what I thought. Interesting. Okay. I was, Ill- I was too many drinks in, though, so I don't think I was, in the, uh, I was appreciating it. <laughs> right. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> and when the sun's out, I don't watch television until about 11 o'clock at night anyway, because I'm usually sat outside trying to burn
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh man i i had to watch uh we did the movie influencer for weird together uh yesterday it'll be out next week and i i literally had to close my curtains in the middle of the day because i if there's sunlight coming in my brain just goes outside outside even though i hate being outside (laughs) my it's just i've had it beaten into my head over the years like no it's 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 nice outside go play you know what am i gonna do out there no i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna watch this fucking movie but yeah it's it's very annoying like I, I just ordered, speaking of Polish things, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, one of the yes. film distributors I like to buy from, they just uh, got this treasure trove of Polish films. Oh, right. Uh, like like classic Polish sci-fi and, and genre films. And one of them is the Saragoza manuscript, which I have been hunting for for 10 or 15 years. Mm. And I had one shitty rip I found online, but there were no subtitles. So there was just no point. And mm. so I finally, I, they, they released it on Blu-ray right, pardon me. It wasn't vinegar syndrome who that was, it was yellow veil pictures. It doesn't matter. No one cares. I'm the only one who cares, but I bought it from vinegar syndrome and it just came. So now I'm trying to find some time to watch this three hour 1970s polar black and white Polish historical epic. But again, it's, it's just like it, the sun's always out. So my brain's always going outside, 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 like, no, you bastard. I want to sit in and watch this thing. I've waited 20 years for this. It's like when Criterion did uh, the five-hour cut of Vim Vinders' Until the End of the World. I adore Until the End of the World. I love that movie. When I found out that the five-hour cut, they were finally doing the roadshow edit, or like the roadshow showing of it, I was thrilled. I almost tried to make it work to fly down to New York to see it because I didn't think I was going to be able to see it otherwise. And then when they released it on uh, Blu-ray, I lost my goddamn mind. And I actually, I had to basically put on like horse blinders To force myself to watch all five hours of this fucking thing, so I didn't, so I wasn't looking outside because my brain would go, "Well, let's just pause it and go." What? Stand in the garden? No, watch this movie. You've waited ten, you know, twenty years for this.
1: (laughs) Yes, I know. I feel, I feel that pain.
0: All right, so we we are on a timeline, folks. We're gonna we're gonna keep going because otherwise, Paul and I are gonna get that's that's a half hour digression about movies because I could I could just fucking talk about until the end of the world for half an hour. I love that. Have you ever seen
2: it? (laughs)
1: Uh, yes, but not for a long time. Next up is Taya, who says, As a person of First Nations descent, I have huge issues with the Skinwalker explanation fad. You're not alone. It is not even a cryptid. These aren't just running around randomly, and they're certainly not hanging around waiting to chase some family in their car down a highway. I agree.
0: Yep, couldn't agree more, Taya. It's, uh, it's a huge issue. Again, it's, that, that is a, a show unto itself. How the paranormal community will sometimes, not the community, but I I blame TV to be honest. But mm-hmm. it, the, these cultural things will get kind of sucked up into the mainstream and without any of the cultural context, and it just becomes it's like the Wendigo. You and I talked about that on the episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The most people's conception of the Wendigo is nothing at all like what the lore of the Wendigo says. But yeah. it's a cool visual, so it's it,
1: they they go with it. Yeah,
0: chupacabra. Oh yeah, of course, yeah that too. Yeah.
1: It's a blue dog. Doesn't look like a lizard alien. Get a grip.
0: <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm currently being visited by Chewy, but uh, we, will, we will continue regardless. So if you hear some purring, uh, that is that Mate. is Chewy. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. Yeah. We, 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 you know, we wanted to keep that from you, but now you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is our last message of the night. This is from Devin. And Devin is a patron, a longtime listener. Devin says, So this nugget, in honor of the hopefully new NBA champs, is either ah, going to NBA be helpful. NBA champs. What's that?
1: They've won. Oh, did they? Yes. First time they've ever won it, I believe. The nuggets. Oh f- fabulous. There we go.
0: Devin, you were you were these words are prophetic.
1: Nostradamus, Devin. That's what we will call you now.
0: If you end, you end up in Ghost Forest, brother, it's just gonna be Nostradamus. And yeah, it's a good <laughs> thing. Ghost Oh damn, that's good. Roast Radamus. You guys suck. (laughs) Alright. Anyways, this is either going to be helpful or incredibly terrifying. I don't know enough to offer my opinion on if these sightings are interdimensional, but I do know what science tells us about our own eyes. Our eyes function by picking up radiated light that's reflecting off of the visible portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. The fact that so many of these things appear blacker than black indicates that they are drawing in the energy from the light around them. So in a scientific sense, if people are seeing these things, they aren't really seeing these things. They're seeing the absence of refracted light where those things are sucking it in. You know, like a black hole, which is terror part one. Terror part two says that our nervous system processes the information our eyes see in about 13 milliseconds. This could mean that these things are moving so fast, i.e. the jerky movements, that our eyes can't process the whole thing. I will tentatively add that our universe is so widespread and complex that I am by default skeptical of the interdimensional theory. There's so much here we don't understand that I don't need another whole ass dimension to make things spooky. But that begs the question, quite literally, what on earth is going around absorbing our light to fuel itself and spread general unease to the masses? Devin, I, I, dude, holy shit. That, uh, that got me in a way a lot of th- that stuff usually doesn't anymore. Just like I, I love having new ways to think about these things. And that blew my goddamn mind.
1: It's the arrogance of, of humanity that we consider ourselves to know everything about the universe around us based on our understanding of the, the laws of physics and gravity and whatever. And yet we, we've absolutely no concept what could be happening on the other side of the universe at all. Um, and I think often, as we were saying about people sticking up with an explanation like skinwalkers are everywhere and all that interdimensional seems to be another favorite catch-all explanation and i know i'm a big fan of keel and valet and, and the like but it does seem sometimes that people just try and say oh i've no idea what's going on it's all connected it's all some kind of cosmic trickster or they're all just interdimensional because once again i think people are just afraid to say i don't know
0: yeah yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely fallen into that. I'll say inter- interdimensional, And do I really know what that means? No, I fucking don't. Of course I don't, Paul. I went to <laughs> high school for Christ's sakes. I barely passed science. You know, I'm great at telling stories. I'm good at, let, you know, I'm good at like systems thinking, but I'm real lousy at science. <laughs> and as you say, it's 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 uh, just an explanation. It's a way to kind of put a label on something that fundamentally I think is unlabelable.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. I think we should all be more concerned about the fact that, or CERN, I, I'm not sure if it has the capability, but I know they're trying to replicate a black hole there, aren't they? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And Stephen Good Hawking times. was always a big proponent of, <laughs> of trying to create them on Earth and going, oh, it's one of those things scientists go, oh, if we create a small one, it'll be fine. Yeah, that, That's how they all start.
0: Y- yeah, that's it. That's like <laughs> being a little it. bit pregnant. <laughs> Just No.
1: It's like having an ear on a mouse. Yes, you can do it, but why? Right? (laughs) No. Fix
0: the environment. Fix the, stop putting my ears on shit and fix the environment. Then we can have fun and do weird shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Make an army of cheddar goblins.
0: That works. Yep. I I propose a moratorium on hair transplants and boner pills until we solve (laughs) this environmental shit. (laughs) That'll focus everyone. You're bald. Your dick doesn't work. Get to work. Once you're done, this will be your reward.
1: <laughs> you can only have a hair transplant if it's like Bob Ross.
0: Naturally, what what the hell else would you want to look like?
1: Now that is man. All oh, man. Real man.
0: I feel like there should be a theme song of some kind here. I don't have <laughs> anything, but this I just I don't know. If I I'll, I'm gonna dig through, folks. If you hear music, it's because I dug through our uh, stock music <laughs> provider and found something. <laughs>
1: Bob Ross painting a scene. Bob Ross sex machine.
0: (laughs) Well, nothing I find is going to be as good as that. (laughs) Folks, uh, if we have I know we have lots of uh, musicians in our audience. If you want to write the song, (laughs) Bob Ross sex machine, I will play it on this show. I will even send you a t-shirt, a ghost story guys. I'll send you a goat story guys t-shirt. If you write the song, Bob Ross, Sex Machine, which incorporates the lyrics Paul just
1: sang for us. Yes. And also a harpsichord.
0: I mean, if you throw that in there, great. That is not a requirement (laughs) to get the t-shirt. You make me a rocking song called Bob Ross, Sex Machine, featuring those lyrics, you get a Goat Story Guys (laughs) t-shirt. And I will play it on the show. You bet your sweet ass I will play it on the show. I will play it on every show. (laughs) I will jump out of the bushes playing it on a boombox. I will stand outside John Cusack's bedroom playing it. All right, guys, we got to get going. We have Ghost Story Guys live in five minutes, which you can be part of if you sign up at patreon.com slash ghost story guys. Patrons at the $10 level and above get the monthly live show hanging out with me and Paul. Before we go, though, of course, we have a musical guest. Our musical guest is the artist Bowman. Bowman is the project of Stephen Bowen, an artist based out of Nashville, Tennessee. The song is called Maple, and it is about the ghost that lived in Stephen's late grandmother's house on Maple Street in Lexington, Tennessee. For years, she and other relatives experienced things moving around the house, heard footsteps, and even saw a small boy watching them sleep at night. And when Stephen was a child, the house terrified him, and he heard those footsteps too. So the song is an ode to his grandmother the story inspired by the real life terror he experienced as a child. And he, he's quick to point out that though the house did burn down a few years back, he did not do it. Just, just to be clear. Gotcha, Steven. Wink. <laughs> so again, the song is Maple. The artist is Bowman. You can find Steven on Instagram as Steven A. Bowman, and we will include links in the show notes to where you can find Bowman on both Spotify and Apple music. All right, my friend, where can everyone find you online?
1: You can find me at uh, at Paul Bestall on Instagram and and Twitter, and also Mysteries and Monsters across all social media platforms and podcast networks.
0: Lovely. I'm Largely the Truth on Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky, and you can find my show Weird Together, co-hosted with Joseph Camo of The Cardinal Rule, everywhere. Find podcasts, live, or linked in the show notes. All right. Well, we will see you next week for episode 165. But until then, we will leave you with Bowman and Mabel.
2: Had my eyes, I cannot see it. shadow that we do not speak of Goodness knows you won't believe it The truth is always darker than it seems I dare not climb that crooked staircase Past the angles where it hides step and step, beckon by a silhouette. Help me, Lord, hear my prayer, heal my mind. Let I don't care if you feel the same for the best for the worst we're gonna watch this story burn till all that's left of the shadow is the flame let the embers glow let the ashes all be scattered